We're celebrating uh, our freedom in America. We're celebrating uh, our, our right to uh, worship God. And our forefathers came to America to establish a place to worship God. Not just a concept of this mystic uh, being of the universe, but to actually worship the God of the Bible, to, to worship Jesus Christ, the Savior. And so we're so thankful for America, uh, the greatest country that was ever uh, founded, America. And so uh, we certainly hope that this weekend you'll have time with your family to, you know, enjoy the holiday, but to remember the, the freedom that was won by so many heroes that gave their lives for America and for freedom. Uh, I want to share with you today a verse of scripture found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 19. And I want to continue talking about this, uh, getting back to a biblical worldview. I talked a little bit about last week. And I want to continue on with this uh, message series, back to a biblical worldview. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 19 says this. It says, if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone else in the world. I'm so glad that the hope that we have in Christ uh, isn't just a plan that was concocted by men, but rather Jesus Christ gave his life upon the cross and he rose on the third day. And because of that, Christianity our walk with God is more than just going through the motions of religion. And Paul even pointed that. He said, if our hope was only in this life, we would be miserable knowing that we're going to die and our bodies were just going to rot away. But because of Jesus Christ, there is hope for when we draw our last breath that we will be reunited with Jesus Christ our Savior, with God the Father, to live all throughout eternity. Whenever I was a young boy, uh, my father uh, was a pastor. My mother and father were pastors when I was born. That was in Arkansas, okay? And uh, then they, they moved to Rolla, Missouri. Whenever I was about two years old, started a church in Rolla, Missouri. And I can remember my dad preaching and here's a story that my dad taught or, or my, my dad an illustration that my dad used in one of his sermons and I'll share it with you today as I talk about back to a biblical worldview he said this he said a man came to the pastor and this man was brand new to the, to the community they just moved into town and he said pastor he said we're looking for a church and uh, he said I got a few questions to ask you as we're looking for a new church. And the pastor said, that'll be fine. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm available. I will ask, answer any questions that you may have. The man said, Pastor, if I come to your church, okay, now remember, this story was told to me whenever I was a very young boy, so there might be some things that I touch on here that's uh, maybe a little bit uh, stepping on some people people's toes, okay? But this is how I was raised, okay? Man came to church, he said, Pastor, he said, uh, is it okay to just drink just a little bit? I, I just like to have a drink every once in a while. Would that be okay? The pastor said, well, that would probably be okay, just as long as it's just a little bit. He said, pastor, he said, another question. 
He said, sometimes I like to smoke and chew a little bit. He said, would that be okay? Pastor said, that would be fine as long as you don't do it too much. He said, that would probably be okay, and, and that's perfectly fine in our church. He said, well, Pastor, he said, I want to tell you, he said, sometimes I fudge on my business account a little bit. And he said, here's why I do it. He said, I work a lot of extra hours, and I don't get any extra pay. So he said, if I cheat on my uh, business expenses a little bit, it kind of balances things out, makes everything even. And he said, that's the reason I do it. The pastor said, well, he said, I certainly understand where you're coming from. That would be fine if you do that. You could still be a solid member at this church. He said, okay, pastor. He said, sometimes. And the pastor said, well, I guess as long as you're out of town and nobody finds out about it, it will be okay. Guy said, pastor, is there anything that I can't do and be a member of this church? The pastor said, my, my friend, we would love to have you come and be a member of this church, and it would be fine for you to do anything you want to do. <laughs> as long as it's in moderation, it'll be good. And then the pastor went on and he said, we are so excited to have you as part of our church. When can we expect for you and your family to come and to take up your membership in our church? The man said, Pastor, I'm very sorry, but me and my family will not be attending your church because we're looking for a church with higher expectations. Wow. <laughs> we're looking for a place that teaches a little bit higher standard. Today, today folks are, are very comfortable with uh, fudging a little bit here or there. We're a little bit comfortable with taking chances on our lifestyle. But God wants us, and I know this is a... Our hope is not in this world. 
Our hope is in our eternal Savior, Jesus Christ. And the first point is this. Keep your eyes on the eternal. Don't look for as much stuff as you can do and get by with, but rather get your eyes and your hope on that which is eternal. Because there's no lasting hope in temporary things. We're at a crossroads today. Will we believe and follow the worldview? Will we believe and follow what the world says? Are we going to believe and follow what God's word says? We've got to keep our eyes on the eternal. The modern church has a dilemma today, okay? Because here's what's happening in the modern church. We are constantly trying to reshape and readapt our ideas and our teaching to conform to the world. You know why we do it? Because we're trying to gain membership. We're trying to keep everybody happy. But we've got to get back to the simplicity of God's world because the world is ever-changing and the worldview is ever-changing. But what, what happens is we don't want to appear as uneducated. We don't want to appear as unloving. We don't want to appear as irrelevant to our culture. We don't want to appear politically incorrect. So here's what we do. We reshape. We re retool our ideas. We try to reshape. We try to retool the, the Ten Commandments. We try to reshape. We try to retool what God said in his word. But we've got to get back to the, to the word of God. We've got to get back to looking at things through the lens of God's word. Because the secular worldview is a lie of the devil to deceive people outside the church and also inside the church because there's no hope in a temporary gospel. If our hope in Christ was for only for this life, we would be to be pitied more than anyone else. But our hope is not temporary. Our hope is eternal and we need to live our lives that way. We, we, are, we are standing upon the eternal word of God. We are living by the eternal word of God. It might not be convenient. It might, everyone might not agree with it, but it is God's word. Many people have got a temporary faith in Christ. They look at the issues of life through human logic. They look through the issues of life through human understanding. And somehow or another, here's what we do. We think all of the problems of man are going to be solved through our human logic and our human reasoning. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Men have written tens of thousands of laws to try to legislate morality. They try to legislate, and they try to create the perfect society. But if we'll just get back to the simplicity of God's word, it will show us how to live, how to stand, how to treat our fellow man, how to, how to love our wife, how to love our husband, how to teach and train our children, how to love our children. Listen, if you'll live by the word of God, your, your pet will benefit from it. <laughs> It'll, it'll shape, it'll change everything in your life. There is no hope in a temporary Jesus. There is no hope in a temporary Savior. There is no hope in a temporary religion. Our hope is in the eternal. And we got to get back to that basic today. 
you know, I, I'm not here to offend anyone, but I just got to touch on this a little bit, okay? And I'm not, here to, I'm not here to blow anyone out of the water. I'm not here to get into an argument or anything, okay? But I'm going to give you a current example right now, okay? From what I see, people believe that the abuse of women, the abuse of children, family dysfunction, dysfunction parental responsibility or irresponsibility, sickness, death, sexual freedom and expression, unwanted and unplanned pregnancy, and even poverty, get this, can be somehow held at bay by abortion. That's a worldview. That's not God's view. That is a worldview. And there might be some of you that's in this room today and you hold to that view, okay? Uh, that's okay. Hold to it if you want to, okay? But, but that's a worldview. That's not God. Someone's watching online, and that might be your view, but that is not God's word. And as a pastor, I will stand before God, and I will give an account for how I teach and how I preach the word of God. I, I understand the dilemma of people, but, but this world will not be saved. The problems of this world are not going to be solved by a good argument. They're not going to be solved because we, we, we craft a logical worldview. There's no hope in temporary solutions. There's no hope in man-made solutions. we got to keep our eyes on the eternal God, on the eternal Word of God. Let me go on and say this, okay? We, we've, got an, we've got eloquent arguments, okay? These element, eloquent arguments are wonderful. 200 years ago... Get this, understand what I'm saying, okay? I'm not here to offend anyone, but understand what I'm saying. 200 years ago, someone put together just as eloquent of an argument for slavery, okay? And people bought into it. It was still horrific. It was, it was, it was uh, demonic. It was not of God. It was never God's plan, People try to say it's in the Bible and it was God. It was never God's plan. It was man's plan. Man came up with this elegant argument for slavery. We got the same thing with abortion. People got an elegant argument for abortion. It's not God's plan. It's man's plan, okay? And if we will get back, the problem in America will not be solved by the solutions of man. We got a sin problem in America, okay? If people will just live right, and they'll turn their life over to God. He'll, I told you last week, the Lord will take us exactly where we are. If we're, if we're struggling with homosexuality, he'll take us exactly where we are. If we're having an affair on our wife, he'll take us exactly where we are. If we're a, 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 a wife abuse, he'll take us exactly like we are, but he loves you too much to leave you in that mess. Let me say this today. For those that are watching online or that are here today with us, if you've had an abortion through Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Know this. Your child is alive in the arms of Jesus Christ. And through Jesus Christ, one day, you will be reunited with your baby. You know why? Because our hope is in the eternal our eternal Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Can I, get a, can I get a witness today? Amen. Praise God. And give the Lord a hand clap of praise. That's good. That's good. All right. 
Our hope is in the eternal. But a biblical worldview, it's based on the infallible word of God. And when we believe the Bible is entirely true, we hold to the truth that Jesus is the way to the Father. And we allow that to be the foundation of all that we say and all that we do, rather than thinking that everything is up to my personal opinion. We're at this point in America that everything is up to my personal opinion, and I don't want to offend anyone by giving them my personal opinion because I just don't, that's not nice. And I just want to be nice to everyone, okay? <laughs> but, but Jesus said this, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But, but you've got to accept, if you want to be free today, there's a lot of people that's bound today. We're bound by all kinds of stuff. We're bound by all kinds of messed up lifestyle. You'll never set yourself free. Thank God for all kinds of recovery programs. I'm all for them. I am behind them 100%. I want them. I thank God for them. But our freedom is in Jesus Christ. Our liberty, lasting freedom and liberty is in Jesus Christ. We'll never be set free by the plans of man, but rather we're set free by the work of Jesus Christ upon the cross. We're set free by the work of God today as we just turn it all over to him. There was a time in America where the legal system was based on the Ten Commandments. I told you a few minutes ago, men have written tens of thousands of laws to try to replace Ten Commandments, you know, because we're trying to have a civil and sane society. We don't want to give God any credit, but our whole system was written and based upon the Ten Commandments. You say, well, there's a lot of problems. In America, Americans had a lot of problems in their, in their history, a lot, a lot of sin, a lot of this and a lot of that. And the reason was is because men went against the commandments of God to start, start with. They broke the commandments to start with. But the word of God is perfect. And there was a time when the legal system in America was, was based upon the Ten Commandments. As long as the U.S. government mirrors the Bible and Christianity, we don't have to do very much. But right now, the secular worldview is taking over everything. This secular worldview says this, I can live on my own terms with no interference from God. And you can. God won't make you do anything. You've got to choose to follow Jesus Christ. He'll, it is your own choice today. He will not force you to live for him. He will not force you to serve him. You can do anything you want. It's up to you, okay? But know this, we've got to, we have to understand that there are consequences. With our lifestyle, there will be consequences. And we've got to be ready to face those consequences today. But I want, I want you to think about it. If we live with no rules, if we live following every carnal, natural desire, here's what's going to happen. Divorce, abandonment, abandonment, isolation, addiction, STDs, unplanned, unwanted pregnancy, murder, theft, everything under the sun is going to happen. Why? Because we're following what we want to do, we're saying what, what I think is morally correct is okay with for me, and what you think is morally correct is okay for you. we got to get back to the Word of God. 
Listen, my opinion means nothing. It is God's word. We got to get back to the word of God. Here's what the devil's trying to do today. The devil's trying to divide believers against one another. The devil's trying to, to, to divide Americans against one another. But remember this, Satan is the enemy. He knows that his destiny is hell, and he's trying to take as many people with him as he possibly can. We have got to get back to the simplicity of God's word. Living with it. Aligning ourselves with it. Walking in agreement with God. Because our hope is revealed, point number two, hope is revealed in the eternal word of God. God has a plan for the ages. And there are many believers today who are living on their own terms. They've got no regard for the things of God. In America today, there are, there are pulpit committees that write sermons for their pastors. You know why they do it? Because they don't want to offend anyone. <laughs> when Life Rock Church has a pulpit committee that starts writing my messages, I'm resigning. Okay, I'm leaving. I'm splitting. I can't. I can't stay there. I can't. I can't be part of that. Okay, you say, well, the right people might come and just take the whole church over. They've done that in a lot of churches. Okay, there are churches around Columbia, Missouri. I could name to you right now where pulpit committees and boards have taken over churches and they dictate the gospel as preached. It's happening in Columbia, Jefferson City, St. Louis, Kansas City, Los Angeles, Chicago, all over. Because people get so powerful, they say, we're going to write the rules. We're going to write the norm. We got to get back to the Bible. Okay, we got to get back to the things of God today. And my opinion means nothing, but God's word is everything. You say, I don't have much peace in my life. You know what the problem is? You're not living by the word of God. I've got, I've got this constant uh, problem with my conscience. I just feel like, uh, the, you know... I, I just don't have the peace in my life. What's going on? Well, you're, that's because the Holy Spirit's trying to deal with you. The Holy Spirit is trying to guide you. The Holy Spirit is trying to, to speak to you in your life. And we got to get back to that. We got to get back to the things of God. But people today, so many people want to live with no interference from God until their marriage falls apart, they lose their mind, they can't live one more moment. They're trying to find the next fix, but hope is revealed, not in temporary solutions, but hope is revealed in the eternal word of God. We got to get back to the word of God. We got to get back to the simplest message and getting into, into that word and getting into that truth today. So many times we're, we're content with the status quo of religion. We're content. We're content with, with uh, just skimming by with Sunday morning Christianity. But if we'll get back to this biblical worldview, if we'll get back to reading the Word of God on a, on a consistent basis, God will begin to shape the way that we live today. And there will always be people that live to satisfy every urge and desire, and every craze, craving. There will always be people that follow all their natural desires, but that is not God's plan. The last thing I want to talk to you about is this. 
the harvest is ready. I don't, I don't look at the world today and just say, hey, Jesus, hurry up and come back and rescue us out of this mess. I don't look at things like that, okay? When I meet someone on the street and I start talking to them and I find out they're a witch or a warlock, that doesn't bother me at all, okay? You know what I know? They're looking, they're searching, they're longing for something. Because where sin abounds, grace doth much more abound. Okay, when I see the problems in America, Frank, I see the greatest opportunity for revival that we've ever had before. You know why? Because people are looking for hope. People are looking for answers. They might seem like they're, they're fighting against it, but the harvest is ready. The Holy Spirit is sweeping across this land and dealing with people and drawing people. And we have a, a great opportunity before us today. In the midst of all this insanity, we have got an opportunity that if we'll speak up and we'll begin to talk about hope, if we'll speak up and talk about the plans of God, the dreams of God, if we'll get up every single day and just live for God. I used, you know, there's people that you work with every day and they're watching your life. Did you know that? They know you're a Christian. You've told them that you're a Christian, and they know that, and they recognize that, and they, they might make fun of you, but they're actually looking up to you. I worked with a guy one time. He said, Bob, after work, wouldn't you just like to sit and have a beer with us? <laughs> Bob, wouldn't you just like to have a cold one with us? And I said, no, I have no desire. I have no desire for that at all, Randy. And I told him, I said, Randy, you don't want me to take it either. <laughs> I said, Randy, you would be disappointed if I did that. He said, Bob, he said, I would be disappointed. You know, people are watching how we live. People are watching how we conduct ourselves. And there's a harvest. The harvest is ready before us. But here's what happens. The harvest requires willing workers. And God is calling his church to stand together in love and unity in agreement. And God is saying this, it's time to wake up. It's time to get past the division. It's time to get past the debate. The, the church that's always debating never has time to win the lost. I get so frustrated with Christians and pastors. Their whole pursuit seems to be of bashing other churches. I just got, I got no time for it. It doesn't honor, it doesn't glorify God. They're putting down some, some other style of worship or whatever the case may be. All right, I got no time for it because that is a device of Satan. He's trying to bring division into the church. Let's, let's don't turn and fight against one another. Let's join hands and let's realize this, the harvest is ready. And God is stirring up his church today. And we're going to stop wasting precious time. I'm, I'm getting ready to close. Remember Jesus, he taught this. He said, a house divided against itself is going to fall. And this church has got to be united. The church as a whole, the church body as a whole, we've got to get united together. We've got to stop fighting over personal opinions and styles and preferences. And we've got to see the bigger picture, that there are people today, they're ready they're waiting, they're longing to accept the Lord. 
They're looking for some, they don't, they don't know that they're looking for Jesus. They don't know that they need Jesus. They're totally unaware that Christ is even available, but they're looking for something. They're looking for something. And, and you have the answer as you begin to just, you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We pray about this after, at the end of every service, that we be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We be sensitive to the needs and the cries of other people. We, we be sensitive to the things that people say. And then we don't beat people over the head with it, but we just share our faith. Just simply sharing our faith with people. You know, not arguing with them. Just telling what Jesus Christ has done for us today. And I want to talk to you about that again next week when I get into the book of Jude. Or I don't know, maybe I'll go to Romans chapter 12, but somewhere next week we're going to talk about that. Because God is stirring us in our faith. God is stirring me in my faith. God is stirring me in my walk. God is stirring me to a, to a brand new level of commitment. God is stirring me to a brand new level of faithfulness. Because my hope is not just going through the motions in this life and then I'm going to just die and that's going to be it. No, my hope is in the eternal my hope is in the eternal. My hope is in my, the eternal, my, my eternal Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I'm walking with him every single day, and he's walking with me. And I find that his hope is revealed in the eternal word of God. And so I'm picking the word of God up, and I'm reading it on a daily basis. And I'm, I'm saying, God, saturate my mind with your word. God, help me to see the world through your view. Help me to see the world through your dreams and through your plans, not through the ideas and the arguments of the world, but God, help me to see other people like you do. And God, help me to love people, no matter what, no matter what they're involved with. Help me to love them and to have compassion with them. Because God, you don't want anyone to live in darkness. You, you don't want anyone to live in bondage. But God, use me because I know the harvest is ready. And God, Bring other believers together with me in love, in love, in compassion to lead people to Jesus. Let's close with prayer this morning. Dear Lord, we just thank you today. God, that you have a plan. We thank you, Lord, that our faith is not simply in this life. Our hope is not simply in this life. But God, our hope is in our Savior. Jesus Christ, our eternal Savior, Jesus Christ. And that when we accepted Him, He saved us for all eternity. And one of these days, when we draw our last breath, that we are going to leave this world and be reunited with Christ our Savior and with you, God our Father. Help us, I pray, Lord, to realize, God, that our salvation is not temporary. Our salvation is eternal. And God, let us not stand upon the thoughts, the ideas, and the arguments of man, no matter how good or how logical they might sound, that sinking sand. But God, let us stand upon your eternal word because your hope is revealed in your eternal word and through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Help us, God, to realize the harvest is ready Help us, God, to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, to share our faith, to share our testimony with people that we meet. 
to listen to the heart cry of broken, wounded people. It's all around about us. Let us be compassionate. Let us be merciful, not argumentative, but God, let us be loving and let us be kind and consistent in our walk and in our faith. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Hey, would you stand with us today?